All right, everyone, welcome to the 2020 Tour Championship preview. We're going to talk about Eastlake Golf Club. We're going to talk about what's weird about DFS and DraftKings for the Tour Championship and how the final event of the quote-unquote season is going to be laid out. We're going to spend most of our time in the sportsbook world talking through outrights, matchups that we really like, a lot of underdog matchups we think are very juicy this week, and how to approach the sportsbook and um, and DFS because it is an odd week, but it's going to be a fun one. You got 30 of the best players right now in the world heading to Eastlake, so you're going to enjoy it. We This episode brought to you by our friends at HolisticWellness.com. Holistic Wellness is a CBD product unlike any other, targeted to stress and sleeplessness that we all face in other key areas, like recovering from long rounds on the course, or long nights drinking, like Pat, or digesting for that early tea time after a big dinner the night before. So if you need to maximize sleep before a round, or wake up refreshed, or you need a boost to loosen up the body, or take out some stress after 18 holes, the Holistic Wellness CBD sticks will do the trick. You just pop them, pour them, stir them into any hot or cold beverage, drink it fast, or keep the stick in a water bottle, and keep it throughout the round. It'll help you on the golf course. We've been using them. If you've watched us on Instagram, we've been using them. It's great stuff, and they've got a limited time offer if you go to holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, holistic with a K, and enter promo code TJ25. You get 25% off their products available at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com. Find your stick today, check it out, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. We're the tour, 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 tour junkies. PGA Tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast use, you gotta have it. Special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shots. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a lats, sip some rose with Pat. Tour, 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 tour junkies. I do it for the glory. I do it for the victory. I do it for the glory. The story that ain't been told. You know that song? Mm. Huh? No. You don't recognize the song? It's that freaking cheesy ass. Is that Bon Jovi? No, it's that (laughs) cheesy ass song they're playing for the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah, dude, they pounded it down our throat bone the entire Northern Trust. It was every commercial break. You didn't. I'm you just, didn't. He- I'm just muted out. I don't. I don't. I don't oh, I'm so sick of hearing it. I'm so. I, I'm so. I'm not even gonna. I don't even think I want to. I'm gonna have to watch the coverage on mute just so I don't have to hear that freaking song. That and some of these commercials that they put in there that just go over and over and over and over again. What, remember when the big one for Rory, the uh, was it like a, the Omega? Um, the watch, yeah. The, that, as much as that one got played this past week, the thing I just copied got played. I can't believe you it's missed terrible. it. It's um, terrible. Hey, uh, so welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. DB here, Pat Perry with you for the 2020 Tour Championship from Eastlake. It's going to be an interesting show tonight. Uh, going to go ahead and let everybody know we're going to mail it in, Okay. Uh, if we were golfers, get it off we from were, the start. Just yeah, if we were golfers that you were sweating in DFS lineup on Friday morning, and we were on the cut line when we started, but on the first hole, we, uh, you know, like we, 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 we top, you know, we snap hooked one into the in OB. We had to hit a provisional, and then we couldn't find it, so we had to play our provisional, and then we shanked our provisional to the other side. And then, uh, and then we, we actually hit a volunteer in the face, causing a bloody scene that really left us kind of rattled and emotionally jarred uh, as we were concerned for the gentleman who may have been hit in the face. And then we proceeded to like chunk our next shot. And then, um, and then, we, and then we bladed our, our next one. And then we, we chipped it up. And then we, we three-putted for like a, like a quintuple bogey how we would play the rest of the round is how this podcast is going to go. But I will say this, it's unscripted. I, I got no, we got no rundown tonight. We're going to talk about some sports book options for the tour championship. Pat is going to tell you about the golf course at Eastlake. Um, other than that, it's, I don't really know. I'm going to drink um, a podcast use tonight. 
is provided none other by our boys at Wild Leap uh, Handcrafted Vodka. And Pat, I have a transfusion. Ooh, look at that. I've got a transfusion tonight. Wild Leap as well for me. And uh, I just, I don't have anything. Just just a little straight vodka. A little wild Leap and uh, some, some lemonade here. Okay. I uh, I had Pretty my fantasy boring. draft on. Uh, we both had fantasy drafts on Saturday night, but I had um, I served. I, I bought transfusion stuff for everybody, and a couple of people in my league who have been born and raised in Augusta did not know what a transfusion was, and it really shook me to the core. But um, so it That's kind of terrible. I, I still have some of the ingredients in my fridge, so I felt like tonight I'd make a transfusion. It's very, very. Let me ask you this, because people make them in different ways, and I think there's only one way to make them. Agree. Um, So I make mine with, you know, of course, one or two parts, probably mostly a double of vodka, some wild vodka. So far, we're on the same. Yep. Okay. Then I'm going to put in some ginger ale. Yep. Okay. And And I don't drink ginger ale in anything else except for transfusions. Me really either. And then I'm going to splash it with some grape juice. Splash. Yes. Not soaked. Correct. So that's how I make it. Now, a some lime. people, though. A lime. Yeah, a little lime is Yeah, that's a, that's a good finishing point. You don't always have to. If you don't have a lime, maybe, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's okay. I'm okay if you don't put the lime in. I do think yeah. that completes the drink. It does. But some people I've heard make it with Fresca. Yeah, I've heard that too. That's the locale which, option, I guess. Yeah, which I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. And then, so there's an older gentleman I work with who played a member guest uh, two, last week. And he was talking about it on, a, on a, actually a, a sales call that we were on. And um, he said, uh, you know, I had this drink last week for the first time. It was called a transfusion. And now this man's in his 50s. And uh, I was happy that it was his first time trying a transfusion. I said, well, t- tell me how it was made. He said, well, it was, it was vodka, Sprite, and grape mm. juice. And I was like, no, 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 no. That is not a transfusion. That, that's not the way it works. So everybody has different interpretations of transfusion. But if you want the real one, it has made with ginger ale. I can maybe give you a pass for the Fresca, but it's made with ginger ale. And that's – So I, I have one I just, more qualifier. And I have to go ahead and be kind of elite here because I, having caddied at the National and been to the beverage cart, making the turn hundreds of times with members and their guests where the transfusion was made popular, okay? Barstool didn't make the transfusion popular, okay? Yeah, hey, people, no, Barstool did not. Yeah, the transfusion has been around for decades and a staple drink at the Augusta National Golf Club by its members and patrons, um, you know, and it's been. Are you about to throw out the brand of ginger ale? Is going to be the key. No, I'm about to throw out the brand of grape juice because Welch's grape juice is the only option at Augusta National, and they don't consider it a transfusion unless it is Welch's grape juice. So, mine, of course, is Welch's. I do. I am pretty particular about it being Welch's grape juice. Now, I may, if I'm going to drink the ginger ale, and what they had at the National, I believe, was Schweppes ginger ale, not Mm -hmm. Canada Dry. Augusta National would never have anything Canada dry. Nothing with the name Canada in it, except like Mike Weir's like master's jacket or something. I don't know, but it was Schweppes at the National. No offense to any of our Canadian listeners and friends. I mean, it's just the way it is. Sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to offend. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Pat, let's, um, you know what? We've got a, listen, why we're mailing it in, I guess, is um, we hate this week for DFS. We, last year, we gave it a shot. You know, it was the first year they did the handicap thing on DraftKings, and, you know, every, it was kind of new and um, exciting. But now we're just like, no, you know, like we're, we'd rather not. So uh, we're, not, we're not really advising that you do a whole lot on, in terms of DFS. If you want to throw a little something, sure. You know, last week we, scaled, we told you to scale back the bankroll. We did. Um, you lose a lot of the edge with such a limited field and no cut with only 30 players and it kind of being handicapped with starting positions and points already being awarded. And then the pricing is crazy with DJ at 15 grand and the lowest guy at five grand. Like there's just not, it's just weird. So we're just not big fans of it. We are going to 
we already have placed a handful of sports book bets just to have a little sweat in it. But, you know, next week, full field event, we're right back at it. The season kind of starts over-ish, and then the U.S. Open in two weeks. Um, we would just rather see all of our fans and listeners and followers save it up and, and use it for, for the U.S. Open. Um, but we know there's some of you who are just total addicts and you can't help yourself. So uh, we do want to talk about the golf course, and we want to hit on some sportsbook stuff and maybe just let you know how DraftKings is handling things in terms of, uh, of this week. Now, the show tonight um, is, is going to be a shorter show. Um, so for those of you pissing on that we, we talk for 80 or 90 minutes a week, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll love this. So, Pat, be my guest, sir. Hit us with the course breakdown of Eastlake. All right. So, yeah, this week we're at the Tour Championship in Atlanta, Georgia, Eastlake Golf Club. Great course. Uh, I've gotten the, uh, the opportunity to play it once, and it is a fantastic as it will look on TV. It is a par 70 playing Same. almost 7,400 yards. 30 players, as you mentioned, with no cut this week. You got Bermuda greens, and they will run extremely quick, just like we've really had the last couple of weeks. Um, this is definitely a kind of a thinking man's course. I mean, you've, it is, it's not necessarily favoring the Bombers. It's a classic Donald Ross design. Reese Jones updated this thing in 2008. And you usually get really thick Bermuda rough, and that is the teeth of this course. Uh, they've got these great, just perfect zoysia fairways, um, definitely tree-lined like we see with typical with, with Donald Ross designs. Um, only two par fives this week. The no sixth is reachable, uh, number six. Uh, 18th is reachable as well for the Bombers. Um, I think you'll definitely see a tough test this week, though. I think maybe 10 under, something like that, will be the number that wins. If you're just listening to what the players say about this course, they constantly emphasize hitting the fairways. And not just because, you know, the, the rough is thick, but because you really don't know what it's going to do out of Bermuda when you're trying to approach these greens. And you've got to approach these greens from, you know, from the right side. You've got to be below the hole. Um, so that's the only way you're going to give yourself opportunities to score out this week. So you do have to keep it in the fairway. Now, as we know, Bombers definitely will have an advantage, as they do every week but they're still going to have to keep their balls in the fairway. So I think that's going to be huge. And you've got to strike your irons well. I mean, you've got, like I said, you've got to hit it on the right sides of the green to give yourself the best opportunity to score. I think this is a ball strikers week. I am looking a little bit at driving accuracy, definitely form um, when I'm looking at my bets and if you're considering for DFS. And, um, you know, I think, I think scrambling could be somewhat of something I'm looking at as a stat because these, there's some sharp runoffs on these greens. If you do miss them, they're not very big. Um, you're going to have to be able to get your ball up and down. And that's always tough, as we know, out of this thick uh, Bermuda rough. So looking at past champs, we had Rory last year, Tiger in 2018, Xander in 2017, Rory back in 2016, and then Jordan Spieth back in 2015. So there you go. That, that is your rundown for East Lake Golf Club. Yep, and just so, um, you know, we get this out of the way. So, obviously, DJ coming in, number one in the FedEx Cup standing, so he starts at 10 under. John Rahm, two shots behind him, starting at eight under. Justin Thomas behind him at seven. Webb Simpson at six. Colin Morikawa at five. Then golfers in the six through ten position start at four under, so on and so forth, down to golfers at T26 to 30 are even so you got you got the 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 bottom barrel are starting 10 shots back of dj the way that DraftKings is working in a nutshell is if you pick these players they are going to start in their given position so if you have dj he's going to start in in first place and he's going to be getting his first place bonus points not not birdie points but bonus points for his finish position when he tees off um so uh you know um, you're, you're going to need to you're going to need to understand that if he loses if he double bogeys the first hole and Ron birdies like he's going to lose those points. So everyone is just starting in the in, with the finish finish position bonus points that they uh, that they get based on their start position. Other than that, it stays the same. The finish positions are baked into the price on DraftKings, which is why DJ is fifteen thousand or three hundred dollars or whatever he is. Um, and then you've got you know. Me too. Yeah, 15-2. And then you've got, you know, guys lower all the way at the bottom that are 
you know, in the 5K range because it's going to, yeah. you know, the likelihood of them getting those major finish points is extremely low. Um, it, it's going to be tough to come from behind so far to, uh, you know, to, to really get the points. Um, and some of these larger contests on DraftKings, man, I can't believe – I was looking at some of the contest offerings. You got, you know, tens of thousands of entries with only 30 players – it is going to be really tough to, to avoid duplicate lineups in a lot of these. So if you're going to play DFS, you know, now more than ever, you need to leave plenty of money on the table. Um, I, I think, uh, I think I saw something implied odds for the winner of this event being either DJ or Rom is extremely high. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson definitely have a chance, but um, you know, after that, the implied odds of one of these guys, at five under, four under, or or lower, actually winning this golf tournament is pretty pretty low. So you're gonna, you know, you're gonna want to have somebody up there on your. You're gonna want to have the winner on your. You have to have the winner in your lineup this week. Like you're, you're gonna suck if you don't. Uh, yeah. And then you're looking for guys who can, you know, climb out of the the T eleven T sixteen starting range into the top five or top ten. Or, you know, if you're gonna play a guy in the T twenty six to thirty range starting at even, who can who can actually make a run and finish top fifteen, top ten, uh, and give you all those scoring points as well. I definitely think Eastlake is a course where history comes into play. You mentioned some of the previous winners here. So I do think course history is something to look at. Obviously a lot of these guys are in decent form. There's some that is sneaking here. I mean look at freaking Mark Leishman, uh, who is still in the FedEx Cup playoffs, um, despite having lost by, you know, like 60-something shots to Dustin Johnson over the last two weeks. Um, so there's a couple in here that aren't in great form that they're, they're getting in because of, you know, a great early run. But uh, Sung Jay is kind of another one I'm looking at. Not, not been playing well lately, but got so many points in the fall and, uh, and before the restart. So, um, Pat, I mean, any other, any other kind of thoughts in terms of DFS into what you're, uh, like what you're, what you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think you made a, the one of the points that I, I think is if you're playing these tournaments, I definitely think you got to leave a lot of money on the table um, because there's just no other way you're going to differentiate your lineup all that much. And people are going to – there's going to be a lot of duplicate lineups. And, you know, like you said, you got you pretty much got to have the winner this week. It's it's going to be a light week for me. I mean, there are some guys, and, and I'll, we'll probably talk about them when we get to the bets, that I do think have – an outside shot to come back from from maybe that four or five under range. But outside of that, you're not going to get the finishing points from these other guys. You're just hoping that they score a ton, and that's very difficult on this course anyway. Um, so we'll see about that. But, I mean, there there are some, one, some guys that strike my fancy in that, you know, that kind of eight and nine K range, you know, like a, like a Berger, a Harris English, those type guys. I think if I'm making a lineup, I might probably – start with those two even you know who knows where their their ownership's probably going to be high but all of the ownership is freaking high this week unless you're going down in the five and the six k range you can unless you maybe play an all six k range guy tournament or lineup but you're still not going to have any finishing points in that hardly at all so so i'm looking at this is something we don't usually get into um and, and oh you know we forgot to mention the tournament actually starts on friday this week not thursday so it goes friday saturday sunday Good monday point. yeah that's something to think about I'm looking right now at um, at ownership projections, um, which normally we don't look at this early, but I'm just looking now. The highest owned currently, as of recording this podcast on Tuesday evening, uh, the highest owned projected players right now are around 30 to 31%, and that is Xander, Justin Thomas, and Tony Finau. The lowest owned projected player is Mark Leishman at 4.5%. But then the next lowest owned player is Cam Smith at 11.1. Um, so you definitely have, I mean, there's literally half, more than half, well, no, let's see, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14. Exactly half the field currently projected over 20%. So, you, you know, with 30 yeah. players, like this is what I'm saying, like the – you have to nail it to, to really finish high in a GPP in a tournament. You just have to absolutely nail it. Uh, there's going to be so much volatility watching DraftKings leaderboards go up and down. Um, it's like it's going to be like NASCAR. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever played NASCAR DFS, which NASCAR. I have, it changes like 
so crazy because you'll have somebody that's in the lead and then they'll wreck and they're out of there, like totally down to the bottom. Like that, that's what this week is like when you're watching your PGA, you're watching your DFS lineup. It's crazy. Now I do think it's, it's, there's a couple of interesting names here, just as I'm looking at ownership projections. Um, currently Bryson DeChambeau is, is projected pretty low among the top at 12.8%. That's almost, that's like the bottom five in ownership projections, 12.8 for Bryson who, you know, I mean, if, if you're talking about anybody from the four under range, he's got to be in the conversation as someone who could get nuclear hot and, and actually, you know, potentially win this thing. Um, at 12.8, right, right below him, Rory at 14.7, who came out last week and disclosed that he and his wife Erica are expecting, and they are expecting any day now, and kind of attributed some of the, uh, you know, some of the lack of of sharp game lately. Uh, you know, attributed that to just his mind being elsewhere, which I get. Um, it, but some people are scared. Like if if he said any day, does that mean if she goes into labor, he's out? Uh, he withdraws potentially. Uh, but that is driving down some Rory ownership early into 14% range. I'm just trying to talk through some maybe low-owned guys that are names. Um, Patrick Reed is projected at 11.6. That is the third lowest projected player in the field. He's got plenty of experience here. He's got a great game for Eastlake. Uh, that's an interesting leverage point there. Um, and let's see. Yeah, that's, 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 those are some big names that I think are, are interesting. So, you know, DJ right now, it's being so expensive, uh, currently projected to be 25% owned, which is good for two, four, six, eight, the ninth highest owned. So ninth highest owned player is DJ. So a lot of people, you know, maybe avoiding paying the 15 to salary, um, so a lot of, uh, down at the bottom, you got guys like Billy Horschel at 5,700 coming in pretty popular at a little over 27%. So that's just kind of how ownership is, is looking and shaking up right now as of Tuesday. Um, <clears throat> but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I would, I would definitely recommend leaving money on the table, knowing that you have to have the winner. Um, and then looking at each tier of where these guys are starting and thinking through who actually has a chance to really move up a tier or two in terms of finish points uh, and scoring here at East Lake. I think that's important. Yeah, I agree. Let, let's go down there. Let's like real quick, let's talk some cheap guys. Just, just okay. to, just to talk about, I, I will say I'll throw out one guy at 5,600 and now he's projected at 20% on, which is about what you would expect, but, Lonto Griffin, I think, is an interesting play. And I'll say this, you know, so he, he, he started off the year very, you know, hot, and that's probably one of the main reasons he's here. But he's played lately. He's played pretty good recently. And, yeah. you know, I mean, he's good with his approach game right now. He's, he's hitting greens in regulation. He's a, he's, he's a good ball striker. What I like about him, too, though, is I listened to him today. He was on PGA Tour Radio doing an interview, and he is absolutely thrilled to just be there this week. And he said yeah. – that he is so excited to be there that he's going to throw caution to, he is just going to go out there and have fun and try to score. And he said, he's going to be as, as aggressive as he can be because it's just one of those weeks where he feels like he can do that. He's free. He, he, <coughs> oh, oh dear. Oh dear. Lonto got, Lonto got me. But anyway, he just, he said he's going to go out there and just have a lot of fun and be aggressive and kind of do his thing and just see what happens. I kind of like that attitude, especially for a guy that's, you know, at 5,600 uh, that doesn't have really any shot to win at all. So I, I'm, he's a guy that I'm kind of eyeing down cheap. If I was going to be, you know, putting in, like I'm going to put one lineup in. Uh, that's what, that's what I'm going to do. He's definitely a guy that can jump tiers. Like he's in that yeah. T16 to T20 tier and he could definitely jump to the top six, top seven, you know, um, he's, he's got the firepower to do that when he's playing well. I, I definitely, I agree. I like Lonto. Um, I'm a little surprised that McKenzie Hughes is as low projected right now mm -hmm. um, as he is at 15, 15.3%. But I, I could see that being a little low for him. I, I could see him creeping up to 20. Got a lot of TV time, just crept in. Also his first time he's been playing well. Um, so, you know, but I definitely like him. It's just, uh, to me, it's, you know, it's obviously a lot about ownership. Um, 
I mean, yeah. So I, I don't know. That's that's probably. I mean, Billy Horschel and and Answer are your two names down there that that really pop. Um, down there near the bottom. I mean, Ryan Palmer's been playing well. I'm sure he's very excited to be at East Lake. He hadn't been here if ever. It's been a long time, um, and he's been playing really well. So uh, I mean. It's hard to argue with a lot of names in here, except for Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman, who both really. Those are really the two that I'm like. Played terribly. Sung Jae I can't even believe Cam Smith got in. Leishman, I can see because I I I know. I guess Cam did win early in the year. Won. So that's it's it's the early points. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the early points here. So that's that's what I'm thinking. Um, Let's look at some odds because I want to look at I want to look at a few different things. Let's just start with outrights. Looking here on DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, DJ's a two-to-one favorite. Uh, wouldn't mess with that, obviously. But, you know, let's talk about your longest guys. And I wrote, I wrote up the, the DB's Big Balls betting card. It's on tourjunkies.com. You can check that out, read it. I might make some adjustments to it come Thursday if you want to check that out. There's already been a significant amount of line movement as well. Um, but just looking at some of the names in here that, you know, could – the longest, the longest name, the longest shot uh, that that could actually have a chance of winning if you want to sprinkle a little a little unit on, okay? Um, and I think the longest I'm willing to go is Harris English, who right now DraftKings has at seventy to one, which is way longer than what I even wrote him up as, uh, and I need to go change his odds. Um, you know, he starts off at four under. He's he's got a pretty impressive group of players that are four under or better that he would have to beat. Um, but I mean, when you look at how Harris English has played lately, it, he's probably through this restart been a top five player on the PGA tour since, since the restart. I mean, DJ maybe you played better. Burgers played better. Uh, Webb's played probably equal the same. I mean, He's been more consistent than Morikawa. He hasn't won, but he's been as, he's been as consistent. He checks every box. Uh, he's a Georgia boy. He's played East Lake many times. He hasn't played here at the Tour Championship since 2015, but I'm sure he's very familiar with the golf course. Um, and, and this seems like a course that fits his style. And 70 to one is, to me, you know, it's a long shot. And and his his impl- his chances of doing this are very very slim. So that's what I say. Like if you wanted to throw, you know a $20, $20 bet on him, you know, that, that would be as long as I would, I would be willing to go this Harris English. You agree? You got yeah, anybody I'm, longer. I don't have anybody longer than that. I, I agree. I think he's about as far down as I would go. Um, you know, and I did in that though, same like, four under range. If you look at other players that are starting there with him, English shouldn't get in a lot of respect. I mean, you got, you got Hideki, who's also starting off at four under, who's half the odds that Harris English is. So same starting position, Hideki at 35 to one currently. Now Hideki's got a great record here. Great record at Eastlake. I think three top tens in the last four years or something. Uh, or a couple top fives in there with, uh, along with that. Almost won. Um, I almost had a massive victory lap on social media with Hideki if he could have pulled it out and won last week uh, but he's half the odds you know Daniel Berger right there with him at four under as well and he's 30 to one you know and and, and Berger's got some definitely got seems like he has more win equity than Harris English but they're all in the same starting position and English is twice the number but I, I also am interested in Berger and Matsuyama those four under guys probably about as you know that's as low as I'm willing to go I thought about Xander earlier in the week but I think I'm a little further off of Xander than I was when the week started. So I think I would sit at the four under guys or, or, um, you know, or maybe jump up to, you know, a Colin Morikawa at 23 to one right now on, on DraftKings. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I'm with you. Well, I'm definitely with you on Xander and Berger. Those are two guys that I, I think I would, uh, I would put some, some money down on at, you know, at, at 30 and 30 to one for Berger and 35 to one for Hideki. I did look at Xander too and, and thought about that. You know, as much as I, I don't know, as much as I just want to try to avoid him, 
as good a history as Rory has here. Yeah. And as bad as he's played lately, but he did show a little bit in on, on a very difficult course last week, which he's going to get again this week. At 25 to 1, he's seven shots back. I mean, I could see if Rory gets really hot and he loves this course, him, I could see that, you know, him coming back. I mean, I don't – so, I, I could go Rory 25 to 1. That would probably be about as short as I would go. Yeah, and, I mean, even thinking back to what I just said in terms of DFS, and I talked about a couple of low-owned big names projected under 15% when half the field's projected at 20% or more is Bryson and Rory. And you got Bryson starting at four under, Rory starting at three under. Both are 25 to one on the sports book, but both essentially the same odds as Colin Morikawa. You know, Mm -hmm. he's 23 to one. Colin Morikawa starting a shot better than Bryson, two shots better than Rory. Um, Much more popular in terms of DFS, uh, at least for now. Well, not much, 19% projected, so not, not super high, so. Definitely for, you know, if you're looking at, if you're comparing the odds and you're thinking through, you know, the odds makers believe that Bryson and Rory have the ability to, to come from way behind and do this. I mean, Rory came from behind last year and beat Justin Thomas. He wasn't as far back as he is right now. And he was yeah. definitely playing better. Uh, but it's still, it's still there. So uh, I think those numbers are also telling. Um, yeah, I agree there. I, I wouldn't get any shorter. I mean, Webb at 10 to 1 is interesting but 10 to one is just not something I do. So in terms of outrights, that's, that's it for me. And then the, you know, the top 10 and top 20 markets are kind of crazy because you only got 30 players in the field, right? I mean, yeah, there's uh, no, I don't look at it. I'm, I didn't even really look at those to be honest. I mean, yeah. I mean, a, a McKenzie Hughes, like 10 to one for a top 10 is interesting, but like, I mean, a top 20, you're, you know, you definitely could could go ahead and and hammer maybe a favorite if you wanted, but the numbers are still kind of kind of kind of wild. Um, first round leader bets are out there, and I think there's some there are some bigger numbers for sure that you know I think I'll probably add. Um, you know, I'll probably add to the betting card. There's you can actually bet on on DK Sportsbook uh, the first round leader either with the starting strokes or without the starting strokes and, uh, and get different numbers there. So that, that could be interesting come Thursday night, checking out the weather in Atlanta. It's going to be a pretty short turnaround though, because you know, we got 30 players in the field. So they're all going to tee off within an hour, hour and a half of each other. Um, if that. Well, so. and here's the thing you look at like a first round leader. I mean, you know, obviously DJ is a minus number at minus minus one twenty, but the, on a course like this, you, you kind of saw a little bit of it last week. Now, this this course is not as hard and is not going to play as, as difficult as Olympia Fields did. Right. But you can have some big numbers thrown up by some of these guys. We see it at Eastlake. I mean, if you're spraying it all over the place and not hitting fairways, even some of these guys that are in, in good form right now, they may throw up a 75, you know, and be five over for the round. And then all of a sudden, somebody like a Hideki or whoever's like five or six shots back flips it and is in the lead i mean it could happen i mean it's it's not out of the realm these guys are you know they're coming back from these numbers on sundays coming back sometimes from from four or five shots back much less four rounds to do it so i mean it's i i guess my my point behind that is not just with betting but but or betting out or first round leaders but with outrights as well I, I, I try not to get too caught up in the fact that DJ's at 10, Rom's at eight. You know, I, I do think these guys behind them can come back and, and, and catch up to them. Um, now, do I think – who do I think is going to win the tour championship and prob- maybe win this tournament? I, I think it's probably going to be DJ Rom. But it doesn't mean yeah. that when I'm putting my money down that, that I don't think there's a chance that I can gamble, which is what we're doing, on some of these guys a little bit further back. So – well, that's a good point. There, there is one prop, one more prop that I have, and then I'll let you kind of wrap it up if you have any other thoughts. We need to talk matchups. Um, but there's a prop I want to mention, and, and it, it, there was something that happened involving this last year. Before I do, I want to remind everybody, you only got a couple more weeks to go get some fresh draws from our friends at Chill Boys because hmm. the promo code for chillboys.com tour junkies, the promo code tour junkies, gets you 15% off your entire order if you want some fresh draws and, and some fresh boxers, some fresh briefs, 
uh, treat yourself, treat your grundle area. And only for a couple more weeks, you're going to have this opportunity unless, you know, unless something crazy happens. But our friends at Chill Boys have been hooking a lot of listeners up. They've hooked us up. I'm wearing them right now. Pat got mad at me for exposing myself a few weeks ago on the podcast, so I won't do that. Um, but uh, the anti-chafing zone built into the, the, the briefs and boxers is quite amazing. They have mm -hmm. a lovely, soft, super soft cotton blend as well as an incredibly soft bamboo kind of blend thing, which is amazing. Uh, based in Minnesota, great U.S. company, good people. We've talked to the founders, great guys. Um, they love golf, and they, they, they made Chill Boys kind of with golfers in mind. And that's why they reached out to us. Hey, you got golfers that listen to the show. Guess what golfers do on the golf course? Well, they're ball sweat. And, uh, and they, need, they need some support, and they need no chafage, and they need cooling. And that's where Chill Boys comes in. So go to chillboys.com and check out the full line of the cool, soft boxers and briefs. And use code TOURJUNKIES to get that 15% off your first order. So, Again, go to chillboys.com, promo code tour junkies, say 15%. Thank us later and thank the Chill Boys. Um, I was at Eastlake last year. This will be the first year that I have not been at Eastlake in probably five years. And I was there on the day that Chez Reevy hit a, made a hole in one. It was the first ever hole in one in tour championship history. Uh, last, uh, last year on Friday on the ninth hole. There is a hole-in-one prop on DraftKings. Will there be a hole-in-one in the tournament? Yes, at 6-1. to one. No, at a massive number, you know? Chesticle did it last year. Yes, it was the first time in history, but, you know, I mean, there ain't, there ain't much else to, you know, really bet on. You bet on a handful of outrights, maybe grab some matchups. You're going to save some money in DFS. But if you throw a little something on the uh, on the old hole in one, you root for that. You got the best players in the world. A lot of hot players on this golf course. You know, taking advantage of the par threes, maybe another Shesticle. If Shesticle can do it, anybody in this field can do it. I mean, hell, Mark Leishman could do it. You know, right now. Maybe. You get crazy though and go with two or more holes two, in one. Forty to one. Forty to one. No, I don't. Th I, I think that's insane. I mean. For on a course players, like this, yeah, yeah. Do we even see that? Like, I mean, how many times do you think we see that in a year? Maybe one. Do we see two hole in ones in a tournament? I don't. I think it maybe be more than once, but yeah. Um, but on a course like this with thirty people, that forty to ones, I don't know. But I don't mind the six to one number. Yeah. What's the matchups? I think like? there's some good ones. I think there's yeah, some I good too. ones that I like here. Um, I'll start off with with one one that you know, arguably the hottest play in the world, Daniel Berger over Bryson DeChambeau. Daniel Berger's at minus one ten. I think that's a pretty good number for him. Um, I feel like he's just going to beat him straight. I think this is a way better course for Berger than it is for Bryson. Um, I just I think Bryson's going to probably end up being too aggressive off the tee. He's going to find himself in the rough a lot. Oh, the irons frustrated are frustrated. Yeah. So I like Berger at minus one ten over over uh, Bryson. Um, looking at a plus number, I like Scotty Scheffler at plus one hundred over Tony Finau. Now, mm. Finau's obviously been playing good, but so is Scheffler, and I'm getting a positive number on him. I think he can have a good debut in this in this event. Um, Finau is is. Again, he is playing well, but I, I just I like that bet for Scotty. Uh, I think he's going to be pumped up to be playing in this event. Um, he's a he's a scorer. I, I just I'm a big fan of his, so I like some Scheffler at plus 100 over Finau. Another one I like. We mentioned Lonto Griffin. Yes, this is my favorite. I like him at bet. plus 120 over uh, over Love Neiman. This I know. Yeah, I mean, I know we saw Neiman have a great week last week, but that was sort of, I thought, a little bit of an anomaly. I don't think that, you know, he hasn't been playing fantastic lately. Well, this, I think that's what he does. That, that's the rub with Neiman, and I say this all the time. Yeah. Like, Neiman is very up and down. He's 20, what is he, 22? Like he, which yeah. is fine. Like, he's super talented. And But he if you look at his PGA Tour career, albeit short, it is very up and down. I mean, he could have a top five week here and then screw it up the next week. So – you know, with the hype of Neiman last week that we saw, 
I was, I was, I figured you were going to go to that bet because you already mentioned Lonto in the outright market, but that is my favorite plus number matchup is Lonto plus 120. Yeah. Both first timers here, you know, so it's not like Neiman yeah. has any edge over him in terms of experience. Yeah. The last one I'll go with is uh, there's two, but I may, you're probably, you may mention it if you don't, I'll throw it out there. But uh, I like his at plus 110 over Billy Horschel. And I'm a big fan of Horschel too. I think he's, He's been playing well. Kiz, we've seen do terrible in this event, but he's also had some pretty good finishes the last couple of years. Um, you know, he was not T9 last year, T3 in 2017, missed it uh, in 2018. But, uh, you know, I think this is a good course for Kiz. You know, another Georgia boy that's used to playing courses like this, Bermuda greens, all that kind of stuff, hits fairways. You know, he's not necessarily that long, um, but, you know, a good putt or a good ball striker. So I like his in this matchup. I, I think it's it's a close one for me um, because I really like what I've seen out of Horschel lately, but, but I like that plus number for kids there. So, Pat, did you happen be... to read the uh, the big balls betting card already? I actually did not read it. I'm, I apologize. Yeah. So. Well, uh, the Lonto matchup and the Kiz matchup, two matchups that I wrote up there and have already bet on myself. Uh, and I took the same sides you're taking. I like the Kisner plus number over Billy Ho. Obviously, Billy Ho's won here before, um, but I do think Kisner's heating up, and 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 Horschel's. It feels like Horschel's trying to hang on. Like he he was pretty hot mm -hmm. in the restart, but it feels like the, you know, I, I don't know. It, it feels like the you're he, he's losing a little bit of control, and he's just trying to to he's white knuckling it at the moment in terms of his game. Um, but so I, I like that number, and I know Kiz loves East Lake. So, um, I think let me see here other matchups I like. Uh, I I like the I like the Mackenzie Hughes favorite over Cam Champ, um, which I never thought I'd say. That sounds just really. <clears throat> I need to drink after that. That's kind of left a weird taste in my mouth. <laughs> you might mm. need to. I like the. Hughes. I don't mind that though. Hughes has been he's been surprisingly solid. good. Yeah. Yeah. Minus one twenty five over Cam Champ at plus one hundred, and then honestly, man, I mean, DJ and Rom. Now DJ's get obviously DJ's getting a two shot lead on him, but Rom's at plus one hundred. I, I just think uh, those are those are big names, and you're you're giving you know it's tough it's tough to come back and get DJ uh, on a head start, but I mean. Rom had an incredible weekend at the Northern Trust. And, by the way, that freaking playoff, the, 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 the 72nd hole for DJ and the playoff was absolutely electric. Wish there were fans there. Um, those putts by both of those guys were absolutely insane to watch. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It really was. But Rom at plus 100, I mean – yeah, I mean, DJ can go out and double the first hole, and all of a sudden they're even. Like it does. Well, I like mean, that. Justin Thomas. If you remember last year, Justin Thomas lost it real quick. Like he lost it on yeah. the first few holes last year. It could totally happen, and things be real square real quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I agree. I don't mind that number, and both those guys are, um, you know, looking for their for, first tour championship. I mean, obviously DJ's had many more shots at it than Rom has. Um, but you know, they're both fired up. Rom is, you know, coming off of a victory, really a lot of big victories for him. You know, he had the memorial, he, you know, victory there, you know, just last week, um, you know, early on in the season. I mean, this feels like just Rom's year, you know, to kind of if you're if you're if you're saying that the season is ending, which it doesn't really feel like, but it is uh at the end of this week. Um, it just feels like Rom is is one of those guys that Definitely deserves it. I mean, in DJ too. I mean, DJ's been up and down, but um, so yeah. I think that's uh, an interesting play. And I, I like the plus number for Rom. But going back to those putts, though, just both their reactions too. Like they both kind of DJ's start reaction I've never seen before. Yeah, he 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 got excited <laughs> yeah. for for once, yeah. and they both kind of started walking because it was such a slow putt that you had so. That's what made those putts so great. You had so much time to watch it and just kind of be like, okay, yeah. all right, all right, that looks pretty good. That's that's kind of yeah. coming online. 
I wonder if it's going to move back a little bit to the, I mean, that it, they were so slow. that It was just like, I mean, Ron was already almost three quarters of the way to the ball before it even dropped in the hole. I mean, it was great. Yeah. I, I think it was like 11 seconds between both between contact and ball in the hole for both putts. Um, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, Hey, looking ahead at the PGA Tour schedule and kind of what's coming up and what to expect and, uh, you know, this week as well for us. By the way, no chalk bomb this week. Uh, again, not really encouraging a whole lot of DFS play. So just no chalk bomb uh, and no pivot point article, no fantasy golf sommelier. The 10 key stats will be out on Wednesday. The betting card is already out. will be updated on Thursday night. Uh, that's about it. We'll be in some Nut Hut chat throughout the day on maybe Wednesday, Thursday, uh, but probably also not a Nut Hut chat going on Thursday night either. Um, you know, sorry, it's just the way it's working out. It, you know, and we need a, frankly, like, it's nice to have a little bit of a, bit of a break. Um, Safeway Open starts right back up with a new 2020-2021 schedule next week. We're going to be in Napa. The tour's going to be in Napa, um, which should see – I don't know. I know a lot of guys are going to take off the Safeway. We've already talked to a few of our friends out there that are taking off the Safeway, but you might have a few big names that uh, maybe get this week off that show up at the Safeway to try to tune it up before they head over to Wingfoot. Um, talk to somebody today that has uh, direct connections with the superintendent at Wingfoot and told me today, actually showed me a picture, wouldn't let me share the picture, but showed me the picture of a test plot of rough at Wingfoot that they have just gotten approval from the USGA to roll with. Uh, and it is extremely gnarly, um, very, very gnarly. The uh, superintendent told my contact that the, uh, the goal for the winning score at Wingfoot is going to be plus four is their goal. So um, extremely penal rough is, is why, the plan. Why didn't you send this to me? Well, I just thought to share it today, tonight. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'd, I mean, I'd appreciate it if you would just pour it on. Well, I had other things going on today, Patrick. Um, but, yes, okay. I'm sharing it with you now. I mean, what does it change? This isn't U.S. Open week. We're two weeks out. So, uh, <laughs> and, and everybody knew this anyway. Like, we all knew Wingfoot was going to play really tough. So Yeah, it's, it's going to really tough. super shocking. It's an awesome course. Though. I did get another piece of um, – intel for what it's worth and it kind of makes me unhappy um but i think i'd share and i haven't shared this with you either um but and i'm talking about this because there's nothing else to talk about someone very high up at augusta national said that uh they are very concerned that even april could be patronless at augusta national uh they are, and, and this is another quote, that we are not going to be the first, which is a little understandable because Augusta is kind of like that, but then it's also a little not because Augusta could, if anybody were to be the first to execute a mass, uh, you know, a mass crowd event like this and do it with excellence and do it in a way that no one saw coming and it would be the yeah. Augusta National. But uh, the quote was, we are not going to be the first that um, – they were 100% waiting to see what college football would do. And if you go back and look at the timeline, I think the first couple of uh, – when, when the first two, I guess, was the Big Ten, the Pac-12 maybe, said they were out. Shortly after that, Augusta National announced no patrons. They were also hoping that the U.S. Open would have, would have fans. And then when that happened, that pretty much shot down November. Uh, I think their eyes will be it seems that their eyes will be on college football and on the NFL in terms of those teams that have fans in the stands uh, in terms of looking ahead to April. Uh, but the other thing that they, that he said that I thought was very interesting is that they will not consider less than a hundred percent capacity in terms of patrons that they are not, that that is not on the table. It's been kicked around not on the table. It is 100% patrons or no patrons. It would be a massive ticket issue given all the people that have already been promised tickets for 2021. And they are not interested in operating at 25 or 50% um, from a patron standpoint. So very, uh, 
scary for me. You know, I mean, it, the, what the Masters does for the Augusta local economy to not have it two years in a row would just be awful um, for a lot of people. And uh, not just as golf fans, but just economically businesses and <clears throat> people that count on that rental income and all of that would, would be, uh, would be really sucky. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to talk about, it's, it's not great news, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little early. We'll see. I mean, I think in, until you, you know, maybe see a, a, a viable and whatever vaccine and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's probably not gonna, you're not going to see fans, but well, you are it, SEC it, college football games, and you are at some. I NFL think you're going to see college football. I think you're you going to see some college NFL football. stadiums. Um, by the way, if any listeners out there have some creative ideas for Masters merch, we are kicking around some Masters ideas. It's going to be a special year, being in the fall. Um, so we're going to have some sort of Masters merch, and if you have a great idea, we end up using it. You know, we'll we'll hook you up. Um, so you can email us that info at tourjunkies.com. Uh Let's see. What else, Pat? I don't know. I had some good pontificate thoughts, but I, I feel oh, like I should okay. I should save those. Or if nobody's, I mean, or I, I'll probably still you know put what? them let's in the save next. Them. Let's, yeah, let's I'll probably them. still put them in the next chalk bomb. But I've got a Sounds few great. that really. Yeah. Sounds great. I can't wait. Uh, listen, thanks everybody. We appreciate you tuning in to the tour junkies podcast. Uh, it's, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be an interesting week. Um, ready to get back to full field events next week for the Safeway. Thanks for understanding. You know, we're going to make it a light week for us. Take a little bit, bit of time to breathe before we get going again. Um, you know, and, uh, and we'll, we'll go from there, but appreciate it. Hope everybody has a fantastic week. Thanks for tuning in. May your screens be green. If you're going to do that. Uh, but may your betting tickets all hit. And if they do, let's all party on Twitter, Instagram. Let us know. Be sure and review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts if you don't mind. Five stars would be awesome. Like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. And uh, all, the, all the things. Go check out Chill Boys, too. All right, Pat, you good? I'm good. May your screens be green, folks. See ya. Oh!